this is the easy part. This is the fun part. The Pirates are doing at least a little bit of winning. Having taken six of their past nine. And everyone kind of gets to start liking some of the players. And then guess what happens next? Right. Right. They get traded. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Penguins. It's Pirates versus Tigers tonight in Detroit with a 6.40 p.m. first pitch. The Tigers, of course, are and have been for a while one of the worst teams in baseball. They're below the Pirates in every category, so you would think that if there was going to be a chance for the Pirates to continue some of this recent winning, that could happen at Comerica Park. The Pirates have taken two of four from the Padres and then took two of three from the Brewers, and those are supposed to be two of the better teams in the National League. So here are the Tigers. So you could see a continuation of some individual successes as well. And when you do, the more and more you see of these things, human nature is going to be that you don't want to lose that player. You don't want to get rid of that player. I'm going to throw a couple examples at you here. How would you feel if you heard right now and this is not the case, but just this is all hypothetical, that Colin Moran was on the trading block. Colin Moran is, he's 28 years old. He's got two more full years under control of the Pirates, meaning before he can become a free agent. And right now, he's looking like a cleanup bat. This is the way cleanup bats perform. He's got a 956 OPS. He's hitting with power to all fields. And per the old school baseball parlance, he is hitting with runners in scoring position. He's driving runners home. He's got 13 RBIs already. He's looked like a pretty good player. But, but, what? is your outlook for what this wave is of superior talent that's supposed to come along in two, three, four years, whatever it happens to be. And at what point do you say, ah, man, not him, you know, (laughs) not him. Because you know and I know that as this summer goes along, whether the Pirates are still competing at this level or they fall off or even if they rise up, teams are going to approach Ben Charrington and say, hey, you know, we could use a, a left-handed power-hitting first baseman you know, who does well enough in the field and is a, you know, a good soldier type, hard worker. We could use that player. What does it take to get him? Charrington's not going to hang up on these people. He'd be insane to do that. He'd be pulling the plug on his own project rather than capitalizing 
on one of the team's internal successes, meaning helping Colin Moran become a better, more consistent player. And this year, for the first time, a full-time starter since Josh Bell's gone on to Washington. This is why they're doing this. This is why they're making these guys better or trying to make them better. Moran could get you something. Not a ton, nothing over the top, but he could get you a respectable, uh, I don't want to say haul. I was about to use the word haul. Haul is what you got for Musgrove. Joe Musgrove getting you five prospects. That's a haul. But I would say you could get a couple of good ones off of somebody's list. And and that's something that you'll have to do. And when it happens, it's going to, the whole cycle is going to start all over again. Look, there they go. They're getting better. They're getting better and they're getting rid of guys. And this is nutting this, nutting that. When in fact, this would be nothing different than a continuation of the process that began over the winter. You would just be waiting and hoping and working toward these players becoming more valuable so that they can get you better pieces when you make your trade. I'll throw out another name for you. Richard Rodriguez. Hmm? This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by North Shore Tavern. It's located directly across Federal Street from PNC Park, side with the Willie Stargell statue on it. And it's right next to Mike's Beer Bar. They're actually companion restaurants, both available for the beer selection, the food. At North Shore Tavern, in addition to their signature steak on a stone, when you go in there, as somebody who's listening to this particular podcast, you'll be very pleasantly surprised to be surrounded by Pirates memorabilia. There's no other Pirates sports bar like it. It's a great place to watch games, meaning like road games, like with the Pirates on the trip that they're on now. And that goes from Detroit to Minneapolis this coming weekend. But anytime, really, it's a baseball place, first and foremost. North Shore Tavern. Richard Rodriguez is, a, is another case. The way he's pitching right now, and combine that with the way he pitched in the second month, meaning, of course, the second half of the 2020 season, and even if another team wouldn't see him as a closer, there's no way they wouldn't find value in the way he's throwing the ball right now, the attitude he's showing, the approach, the poise, the confidence. He's looking like a real live, big-time, big-league reliever. And if you're Charrington and you know that the market almost invariably overpays for closers or potential closers or backup emergency closers as teams get closer to contention and to playoffs. You'd be crazy to hang on to him. Like You still got to get something in return. You don't just give the guy away on principle. But you'd be crazy to not look 
toward moving him. Look at this bullpen right now. Look at the younger guys that are in this pen. And Richard's not old. He's not older or experienced. The Pirates, again, they have Richard's rights for four more years. But that in and of itself enhances his trade value because teams know they don't have to pay the guy anything above arbitration level for a long time. It's budget certainty for them. It's all the more reason for them to give you the kind of prospects that you're seeking. I can't get into Charrington's head to know what year or years, if any, he sees as the target years. And I get that because he has remained open to the idea that, look, if this were to accelerate faster than we think, we're not going to you know, just let it slide. You know, we're going to embrace it. But he's not talking about 2021. He's not talking about 2022 in all likelihood. Think of the upper crust of the talent, the ceiling, the talent, the, not what you see in Pittsburgh necessarily, but who are the guys that could be stars in the majors? The only one of those that's in Pittsburgh that we know for a fact is in Pittsburgh right now is Cabrian Hayes. Could Brian Reynolds work his way back into that equation? Sure. But realistically, you're looking at Quinn Priester and Nick Gonzalez. That's the top pitching and the top hitting prospects, respectively. And then you're looking at whoever their number one overall pick is this summer, presuming that's Jack Leiter, the Vanderbilt pitcher. Maybe it's Kumar Rocker, also on the Vanderbilt staff. But that's someone else that you would see as maybe being part of whatever window they have in their heads. They don't like to use the term, but I'm using it. That's, that's, the, that's the way you think about this. How many of those guys are there right now? Do you want to add to this group? Do you want to retain within this group? Or do you want to say, listen, whatever it is that we're doing, we really want to do it to build around Jack Leiter and Quinn Priester. And maybe Mitch Keller grows up someday and throws strikes. And you say, all right, listen, that, that right there is a three-man rotation we can win with. And then throw JT Brubaker into that, and now you've got four. You see where this is heading? So that you say, all right, we've got all this. Now let's get serious and go win. Instead of hanging on to this guy or hanging on to that guy, build around the talent that's coming with that group. It's not an exact science. It's not a known commodity. Mitch Keller was the number seven prospect, not pitching prospect, prospect in all of baseball as recently as a year and change ago. You never know what's going to happen, especially with pitchers. But to some extent, you do have to plan around it, and you do have to have in your head what the priority is. All I'm saying right now is it's not going to be popular. It's not going to be popular, and I totally understand that, especially if Pittsburgh begins to somehow, even just a little bit, attach itself to this group or to some of the players within this group. When we come back, just one question.
Welcome back. It's time for just one question, and that comes today from Matt, who says, Hey, the Pirates are winning games. How does it feel? Well, I'm not sure who you're asking, Matt. Um, I'll speak for myself, first of all, and then attempt to try to relay how the team is handling it. Uh, For myself, from a professional standpoint, it makes covering the team feel more relevant, more interesting. You know, I'm not going to lie. That's true of any team that you cover. You know, when the Steelers were 11-0, you know, they had their faults and their flaws, but it was more covering them than in that situation than if they're 0-11. There are better stories to be told. Uh, There's more urgency to the coverage. There's more engagement from uh, listeners, viewers, readers, whatever it happens to be. There's just more of a vibe to it. The same thing goes for the Penguins uh, coming out of their early season coma and performing really well for a couple of months now. They look like they're going to contend and possibly even come out of the East Division and make it to the conference finals. That's that's something. That's something. Pirates, of course, aren't in either of those stratospheres. We're talking about winning six out of nine. You know, they, they've had some, you know, nice games here. It, it's not more than that. And uh, to your credit, it doesn't sound like you're making more of it than that either. But from a professional standpoint, yeah, it's 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 way, way, way more fun. And believe me, anything is way more fun than all the usual nutting this and nutting that. Uh, from the team standpoint, that's it's different. It's not what you might think uh, from the outside, and, and I always include myself in the outsiders when it comes to this because I'm not in there either. Even in normal non-coronavirus times, I'm not part of them. But I do hear them, and I do hear from them even now. And I can tell you that there's just this little, little error of defiance. Not much, not something that's overwhelming. Uh, the mindset that's been put into place by Derek Shelton and then through him, the staff, has been to get better. Has been that they believe in the talent that's there, that they believe that they can make the talent better. And the more they get, and by that I'm referring again to Shelton and his staff, in the way of results, the easier it is to get more buy-in, more receptiveness from the athletes. That's true in any sport. But in baseball, where you get into the Hall of Fame for failing 70% of the time, it's probably a little bit more important than in any other. Results do matter. As much as they'll tell a hitter, listen, man, your line drive rate is through the roof. You know, you're doing everything. You're stinging the ball. The hitter still doesn't want to look at a 180 batting average because he just got unlucky. You do want to see results. You want to see them individually. And yes, you do want to see them collectively. That's where that little extra confidence, that swagger comes from. These guys aren't dumb. These guys know what this season was about. 
what it's still going to be about, stuff that I discussed in the first segment. And they're not going to lose sight of that and start talking about themselves as if they're going to challenge the Dodgers or whatever. That's not going to happen. But they can take exception whenever they're to, to whenever they're you know categorized as being some kind of 110 no ta- 110 loss no talent disaster and all the other stuff that I'm sure a lot of those guys heard and read and you play for the Pirates so you must stink. They all hear it, including the ones who don't stink. I mean, Brian Hayes reads the same stuff. You know, he knows he doesn't stink. I'm pretty sure Brian Reynolds and a few other guys on the team know that they don't stink. So when they have results, when they have their successes, even in a small sample like this, sure, it's going to feel good. Absolutely going to feel good. Thanks for the question, Matt. I appreciate that. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one tomorrow. Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.